Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. I'm back from the United States of America. I flew in this morning. It is Tuesday the 27th of September, and it's about 2 p.m. when I'm recording this. Few wild things have been happening, right? Over the last couple of days, we've had the breaking news that Optus have had their systems hacked and about 10 million different people have had their identity uh, harvested from Optus. And it's really been a whirlwind. And the purpose of this episode isn't actually to really get into the weeds of the Optus situation as bad as it is. But it's just more to step back and talk about what to do uh, if you have had your identity stolen, how to protect your identity, and what to do uh, in all other cases. But just covering off on the Optus thing, apparently it was a pretty easy hack job and the data got stolen. Someone put on the dark web, hey, we want ransom. Uh, We've released about 10,000 different bits of information and we want you to give us basically a million dollars or we'll release another 10,000 people's uh, information. And then just this afternoon, like an hour ago, this same, I'm looking at the dark web screenshot, the same user called Optus Data posted, Optus Data will not be sold or leaked. Uh, And it is, uh, you can tell that English is a second language or someone similar to me wrote this because it doesn't make all that much sense. Too many eyes. We will not sell data to anyone. We can't if we even want to. Personally deleted data from Drive, the only copy. Sorry to... T-O-O, this is why we think it may be English second language or someone like me. Sorry to 10,200 Australian whose data was leaked. Australia will see no gain in fraud. This can be monitored. Maybe for 10,000 Australian, but rest of population, no. Very sorry to you. Deepest apology to Optus for this. Hope all goes well from this. Optus, if you are reading... We would have reported exploit if you had method to contact. No security mail, no bug bounties, no way to message. Ransom not paid, but we don't care anymore. Was mistake to scrape published data in first place. So the, it looks like if this is true and it is from the user that leaked the data that they've only leaked the 10,200 Uh, files from Optus and Optus did say and 
on that, well, I, I heard on the news today of the 10,200 uh, bits of information, it wasn't everyone's passport, driver's license, uh, Medicare card. There was some that had explicit uh, data, like 100 points of ID, but many others was just like email and phone number. So, I mean, that doesn't really help, but, uh, and I think that's why Optus have offered the Equifax, which we'll talk about, monitoring service to some customers affected. And I would imagine it would be the ones that had the 100 points of ID actually leaked. So that's, I mean, look, not going to lie, the cynic in me reads this as Optus paid the ransom and told them to make a public statement. (laughs) Look, I just think that's what happened. And I'm nobody, all right? And I know there are a lot of good people that work at Optus um, and it is a really bad situation, but maybe it's the wake-up call corporate Australia needs. I'm not here to make comments on uh, the Privacy Act or anything like that. I just wanted to step back and chat about identity and all that stuff. So let's get into it. Uh, I won't really talk more about Optus now unless it comes up in passing in the discussion that I'm having with myself and you. And I will say, I've had, I've had not much sleep, so I can't even speak since uh, leaving LA yesterday or whatever. I think it was like 4 p.m. Sydney time or whatever. So I'm going to try and hang in there. And let's have a chat about this stuff. Full disclosure, I have received money from Optus before. I did some corporate sessions for them. I just thought I'll disclose that. Not that I'm really saying Optus did a good thing or whatnot, but, you know, in the spirit of transparency. All right, let's chat about what to do if you're in breach or your data has been breached. Okay, I want to start by saying that... At the end of this little episode, because it is a bit of a bonus that I'm doing on a Tuesday afternoon and today's episode with Chris Browning and Alison Baggedley, it was a really cool episode. I would encourage anyone to have a listen to the episode that dropped this morning. I'll give a bit of a housekeeping, bit of an update of what's happening in the My Millennial world after this stuff, a few changes that are happening, oh my gosh. But I thought I'd start. How do you know if you've had a breach? I honestly think the stories that I've heard people say, unless you've got like an Equifax credit monitoring service or anything like that, it's going to be hard to know. And let's just use a practical example. Someone stole your driver's license, your passport, your Medicare number. They logged online to a bank, applied for a credit card using your identity, change the address to them so they get the card posted to their address, blah, blah, blah. They go and spend a heap of money. You don't know that this is happening yet. And then what happens? They don't pay and it basically is overdue and they may have used a dodgy email address or a dodgy uh, postal address to get the credit card. They don't pay Warning sent, warning sent, warning sent. 
Then they send it to collections. At that point, your credit will be notified that you've had a default on an account. Now, there are real-time payment uh, trackings. So, like I use Equifax myself and I will talk about it a bit more. I log in. I don't have, like I've only got mortgage payments. So, you can go in there and it sees, you can see a green tick to say stuff's paid. So, unless you've got one of these bureaus, you're really not going to know that you're in breach unless down the track, and this is where some people are caught out, they go to get a loan or new credit. So, it might be a new phone bill or a new phone account. You might not be going to Optus, but <laughs> it might be an, an energy bill. So, for example, if you pay for your gas and electricity the month after you've used it, you're technically getting a loan from them, so they'll run a credit check. Or the big one that gets people is they go for a home loan, then they find out there's a black mark against their credit file. And sometimes they've moved houses and haven't paid an electricity bill and changed addresses, and they didn't know that they still had $100 owing or $10 owing on an account. That amount goes to collections, then you find out. So, what I'm getting at is when stuff goes into collections, whether it's your stuff or stolen, your identity stolen, there could be this big lag until you actually find out unless you pay for one of these uh, monthly things. I mean, there could be other wild examples uh, with stolen identity and actually... I did have my phone on the floor, but there was a few comments in um, the Instagram post that we did around people having wild stuff happen to them. I did a reel in my car today. Uh, here we go. Kate Ives said, my identity was stolen a couple of years ago and I only found out when the police contacted me because she was stealing things in my name took months to clean up. Yeah, so that kind of like, that goes around the whole, this stuff can have a real lagged like effect. And this is why we just have to be on top of our own data as much as possible. And so that's kind of how you know if you've had a breach. You'll get a call from the cops, a knock at the door from the cops. You'll go for a loan one day. And they'll go, no, there's a black, you've got a really bad credit rating because you've had a bill that's in collections and they're taking you to court and they're suing you like the extreme stuff, right? Now, I just want to add that any advertisements that they can say they can clean up your credit file and all that stuff, they can only take stuff off that wasn't you. If you were sloppy in a past life and you didn't have your ducks in order and you've got stuff in collections because when you moved house, you didn't change address or you didn't do stuff and life happens, like I get it, that, that stuff can't be taken off your credit file, right? But anything that's fraudulent can be and this is why if you get a notification, if you've got this subscription thing, jump on it straight away. Because what happens is, and we'll talk about it now. So, I pay $15 a month, I think it is, with Equifax. 
each month they send me some dumb update, like your credit score is now this or that. Like, I don't care. All that stuff's rubbish. Like, there's three credit bureaus, their main ones, Equifax, Experian, and Ilion. They have their own stuff and their own internal things, right? And if you go for a loan at CBA, CBA Bank might only use one of them. They might use all of them. I've just taken the view. I'm just using Equifax. I think it's the biggest. Don't quote me, not sure. It's just the one I've always used. And each bureau has their own little credit score thing. And they make up a credit score. Like my credit score now is 968, which is excellent. I mean, it means nothing because when I go for a loan, the bank are going to do their own profile and they're going to do their own credit profile on me. But the absolute two reasons why I use Equifax, and you can sponsor my bloody podcast, Equifax. I'm not taking any money from you yet, but I will. They do credit alerts. So I get an alert anytime any company sends in data to Equifax with my name, date of birth, bloody home address, email address, any of my details. And I got an, the last alert I had was on the 28th of July and address has been added to your credit file because that's when I moved house, I updated my address, um, any companies, I had a directorship information changed, I had a commercial financial inquiry on my thing in March. So the reason, the one reason I do this is because if anyone does an inquiry with Equifax, I get notified. And if it says, oh, uh, HSBC or Citibank have put an inquiry on your account, Glenn, I can get on the bloody phone and be like, stop, that is not me, that's fraud. Now, I can't see with Equifax in Australia that you can put a block on your credit. You might be able to with Experian or Illion, not sure. I know in the United States, you can put a block on your credit. So, um, if someone does apply, they just it just gets rejected So and you get notified, but whatever. And then the second reason I have the Equifax one built into it is an identity guard insurance. So, if someone does steal your uh, identity, they'll cover legal expenses, lost wages, outstanding fraudulent debts, um, document applications, uh, key or lock replacements. Geez, that'd be pretty wild. Travel-related expenses. expenses, And I'm just looking here like uh, I'm just on uh, the PDS. Uh, we will reimburse up to $5,000 uh, for any loss authorized from your credit accounts. We will pay $5,000 for legal and court costs. So it's just there. Some of these providers will assist you in clearing up, like as part of the insurance, assist you in clearing up your credit file and making sure stuff happens. But that's the only reason I pay the $15 a month. Um, oh, let me see my account. Um, there we go, $14.95 a month. And yeah, that's, that's why I do it. I get real-time um, emails and alerts and I've got the insurance there. So that's basically uh, the long and the short of Equifax. Now, let's talk about if you've had a breach. So this is different than I, th I got an email from Optus and my data may have been stolen. That's, that is a breach of 
Optus's data and their privacy policy because that's been hacked. But I don't believe it's actually a personal breach where somebody has taken that data and stolen it and executed and set up a credit card in your name, for example. So if you've had a breach, this is what I would do. I would first, if you've got insurance and if you've had a breach, you know because you've been, you've got a letter in the mail, the cops have rocked up, you've got an Equifax or an Elyon or Experian notification that something fishy's going on and it's weird and blah, 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 and you need to get on top of it. So the first thing I would do is contact your insurance provider if you've got the insurance policy. Now check your home and contents insurance with your house. Some of these new policies are starting to get this identity and credit and fraud protection built in as a benefit, okay? The reason you want to double check and contact your insurance company because usually you need to follow their process and it will just make it easier. They may even assign a case manager to help you through it, right? Secondly, if it wasn't the cops that knocked at your door, file a police report in your state and, you know, get the case number and all that stuff. So, and that's going to help. Like, and even if someone steals your number plate, this is, you know, common sense stuff that you do. And this is not going away, this um, identity stuff. And this is just, yeah, this is the wake up call that we all needed. And then I would probably obviously follow the process of the insurance company, but just keep a record of any associated costs. Uh, So if you got the police report and then you had to get a new passport or something like that, just keep a, a record of the costs. Okay. So we've covered, how do you know if you've had a breach? There's a bit of a lag. If you've had a breach, um, file a police report and chat to your insurance company. And then some of this next section is what you'll need to do. But I just wanted to cover those kind of two camps first. And I'll be right back after this because I've got to pay the bills. So we'll be back and we'll talk about the precaution of staff if you've had data stolen from Optus or whatnot. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, as a precaution, if you think that you've had a breach and it might not have been the Optus thing or whatever, but you just, oh, I had my wallet stolen and and my passport stolen and I don't know, I've heard some weird stuff happening. I'd still contact the insurance company if you're with Equifax or if you've got a policy um, and just let them know. It's like, hey, just letting you know, I've had a breach. I just, what's the process? The second thing, I want you to list so the, the big thing here is the whole 100 point of ID thing. I want you to list your top ID that would form 100 points uh, in your state because I know it can be state-based and all that. But the main ones that we're talking about is your passport, your driver's license, your Medicare, if you've got a photo ID card, if you've got a senior citizens government issued card, if you're one of our older listeners, anything that is the crucial stuff, could be your credit card, it could be your bank. So anything major, and this could be a good idea to start a Google Sheets and, you know, just start tracking some of this stuff at a higher level because you don't want to be hacked in your Google. And then what I want you to do is contact each institution and let them know that you may have had a breach and follow their process. Because, you know, I know at the moment in New South Wales with the driver's license, if you call them today, and this is why I don't really want to cover the Optus stuff because it's going to be moving so fast. And you said, hi, Service New South Wales. I I just think you guys just provide the best service ever. And every time I go to your Service New South Wales centre, it isn't like going to hell. It isn't the worst time of my life. And I just want to let you know that I think my identity has been stolen. Can you please reissue my license with a new license number and a new customer number? And because they are reasonable people and because they really just like helping and they're not bureaucratic at all, they're going to say, well, you need a police report. We're not doing anything until you have a police report. So there can be some drama. So I think, you know, I was being very sarcastic because how bad is it going to service New South Wales? But contact the institution and just give them a heads up. Make a record of who you spoke with, how I talk with Dave or Judy on the phone. Uh, They said, get a police report. I said, well, I called the police and they said, there's nothing you can do because it's just a maybe at the moment. Just keep a record of this stuff with each institution. I mean, what else can you do? Unless, until we've had that breach, we can only do precaution stuff, but it's always better to give companies a heads up. And if they don't want to issue you a, a new license or new ID um, for the, just out of the abundance of caution, well, I don't know what you could do, right? So just follow their process. The other precaution thing, and we've talked about it lots, but enroll in a credit bureau monitoring service. $179.40 for the year. For me, 
that's the peace of mind that I'm paying in this climate, aka 2022, everything's online, everything's just getting flippin' hacked 25-8. That $179.40 that I pay each year, that's my little safety net. Because if something goes down, you need to get on it straight away for a couple of reasons. You might be able to stop them actually applying so they get rejected and then you know, the bureaus can report them. Or secondly, you're not wanting to get your new house or a new loan for an investment property or something at the last minute. And then the bank and lender comes back and says, oh no, you've got a default on your credit. It could throw all your plans out. So it's just about being active and making sure that you're on top of it. Another precaution, just make sure if you've moved around a lot, and I've done this personally since I'm now a rent vester and renting where I live, uh, I've got a spreadsheet just with the details of the address and the date that I've lived there and moved out from. So just because how many documents, like every couple of years, you got to fill out some document. They're like, where have you lived the last, you know, five years of your life? You're like, oh, bloody hell. So just keep a record and make sure um, your addresses are up to date with the major institutions, okay? The last kind of thing, look, as a precaution, you've just got to be extra vigilant with your bank accounts, with your passwords. It won't, help, it won't hurt to change your passwords with your internet banking, with your email, Check your, keep on top of your spam filters. If you are an Optus customer and you have had their email, Make sure that you're extra vigilant. And I probably will say just as a final caveat, with the Optus stuff, if you have reason to believe that you have had 100 points of your ID uh, being taken from Optus and there is talk of class action and all that, maybe try and look into maybe just Google Optus class action and then follow their process, okay? Because you don't want to just go and do all this work yourself and then the class action is like, well, no, you've got to do it this way. And then, so that's my only carve out with this precaution stuff. Um, Keep in contact with Optus because they are responsible for your data. And then if, if there is some type of class action for those who have been at breach and found their information being sold, all the stuff. Um, yeah, and there's a there's a free website. It's called Have I Been Owned? And that's um, P-W-N-E-D. You can put your email there. And I'm going to put my own email there. I'm not telling you my, e- my personal email. And it will tell you, you can click Owned. Oh, I've had one. Oh, how funny is this? This is just fascinating. My personal email address, a breach has happened with Canva. In May 2019, the graphic design tool Canva suffered a data breach that impacted 137 million subscribers. Well, that's a bloody, makes Optus sound like a kid's birthday party. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I honestly think it sucks I honestly think we've all just got to keep up to date. And for example, like 
have I been owned with a P instead of an O.com, I'll log into Canva now and change my email address just or my um, password. Oh, here's a, a final tip because I need to go and we probably won't have time to do a bit of an update, but I'll give you one update. Don't use the same password that you use for your email address that you use for your internet banking, for Canva, all that stuff. You might be able to use a password manager if you want, but that's just a final tip from Uncle Glenn. If you've got Glenn email at glennemaildomain.com.au, password sexytime101, don't use the password sexytime101 at Canva. And you'll never know if sexytime101 is my password. All right. So that's pretty much all I'm going to mention on the fraudulent stuff. Not much you can do other than be extra vigilant. And there's a bit of stuff in the Facebook group. You can just hashtag Optus or just search data or something like that. We're going to probably delete any um, other Optus comments because, you know, we just don't want 50 comments an hour in there. What else? Oh, on the Facebook group, guys, and I'm just going to talk chat now for 10 minutes. So thanks for listening if you just dropped in for that part. Um, on the, well, it's 2.37 now and I'm feeling it. Um, on the Facebook stuff, we put a post up today, anonymous posts. We don't approve all of them. We get hundreds. I've told my team to only approve one or two or three a day. And you know what? If one of the team members isn't working on a Friday, nothing's getting up there. So the only guaranteed way to get a Facebook post in the Facebook group is to do it in your name. And there's a lot of other Facebook groups that have every post on a pre-approval thing. But I've just taken the view that if we all self-moderate and report stuff that's crap and just keep it to a, a good level, we don't need to you know, govern it too much. But I just don't want the Facebook group to be just an anonymous, faceless thing. So yeah, that's the only way. If we don't accept your post, it's not you, it's us. What else? Now, my podcast, My Millennial Investor, uh, it used to be called the My Millennial Money Express podcast or something like that, My Millennial Money Express. I've installed a new host for that. So if you are keen on investing in shares, if you are keen on passive income, if you are keen on side hustles, if you are keen on dabbling in a bit of crypto, and by a bit, I mean 2% of your portfolio, if you are keen on single stocks, if you are like just all that wild stuff, right? There's a new host. We're going to trial it for about three months. He's a friend of mine called Nick Bradley. And this Friday, there's an episode dropping where I'll introduce him and a few of the parameters around what we're going to do. But we just want to open that podcast up to one, be more regular every single week. 
two, Nick will be scouring the internet for fun stuff, cool stuff, so you don't have to. And he'll just share his story about all stuff. And then three, we just want to do it to keep you involved in money. Like on the episode on Friday, we say that if you are, you know, putting 100% of your money into single stocks, that's not cool. You'll end up losing your money unless you bought Microsoft like 20 years ago. But you know what I mean? Like we want to use this as, because I'm interested in all this stuff. I'm interested in DeFi. I'm interested in like speckies. I'm interested in doing things on the side, but I only use a very, very small portion of my portfolio to do that stuff. And yeah, so I just wanted to carve out a bit in the corner of the M3 world for people who want to get a bit wild and have a little bit of sex and violence just to keep them engaged. But we're not telling everyone to go and put 100% of their money into specky stuff at all. Not at all. And he will talk about boring investing in ETFs. He will talk about investing in property. He will talk about all the stuff, but I've just given him a bit of a thing like, do whatever you want, just trial something. And it's I mean, fourthly or fifthly, whatever I'm up to, it will be just a way that I can try and get our foot in the American market more because Nick is American. Um, but he's great. He's just the little episode that he did that's dropping on Friday. It was, I just couldn't believe how good he was. First time he'd ever recorded a solo podcast. It's, I, I just couldn't believe it. It's fun. He's funny. He's, yeah, it's really good. So if you haven't already, jump over and subscribe to My Millennial Investor. Uh, we'll put a photo of him in the cover art um, for Friday. He's going to be the publisher of it. So it might say a different name instead of Simo Interactive. So he's going to license the name My Millennial Investor. I still own the name and all that. But I just wanted to bring him in and yeah, see if we can do some wild stuff and have a bit of fun on that part of it, but with two to 5% of our portfolio, right? So that will be fun. Um, I might leave it there. A couple of other things coming up. We've got a new book coming out in February. It's the prequel to Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested. So if you haven't read Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested, buy it now. I'd appreciate your support. That's the Evergreen Personal Finance 101 book. That's right. There's a prequel coming. Thanks so much for listening. If you do enjoy My Millennial Money, please, uh, on Spotify, give us a a little five-star little review. Click it on Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate a little five star and some nice words. The team like reading that stuff and it's really good encouragement. But I really do want to thank you for uh, supporting My Millennial Money and everything that we are doing. And oh yeah, My Millennial Health, it's coming back. That's another thing. That's a very soft, soft, soft launch. So yeah, before the end of the year. My Millennial Health. You can jump over and subscribe now and listen to the existing ones, but that's coming back. All right, I've got to go back and trim this uh, episode down a little bit. 
cut the mistakes. I am very tired. And I just finally, over the next few weeks on a Tuesday show, we're going to just put up the FinCon interviews that I did. And this Thursday, what's today, Tuesday, there's a cool episode with Scott Rickens. He did a documentary uh, called Playing With Fire in America. Big documentary in America. He's got a book called Playing With Fire. That episode's coming up Thursday. I think the next week I've got an episode with uh, Ramit Sethi. Uh, That's going to be awesome. And then I'm probably going to try and have a bit of a break from actually recording anything over the next couple of weeks. But there's plenty of awesome content. I did a heap of episodes at FinCon with some awesome people. And yeah, I'm really loving hanging out with all of you each week on the podcast, in the Facebook group, on the Instagram. And yeah, it's so good. So that's all that's happening. Uh, I'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.